Welcome to Monday's Richie Allen Radio Show. How you doing? 19 degrees it is here in Salford in the northwest. It is the 2nd of August 2021. I'll be taking your phone calls and your Skype calls a little bit later on. I'll give you the details really soon, but as you well know, they're on the website richieallen.co.uk. It's the BBG, not the BBC. You're listening to the Richie Allen Radio Show, live from Salford in Greater Manchester. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host... Richie Allen. In around about 40 minutes, I'll be taking your calls. Should have done this last Wednesday, but there was a technical glitch. Of course, as you know, can't do it this Wednesday because I've got guests booked in. So no better time than today to take your calls. You should Skype the program. The Skype handle is chat with Richie. That's all one word, chat with Richie. If you need to phone me, it's 0161 8182018 However, outside the UK, it is plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. But I've already told you all those details if you didn't write them down are on the website richieallen.co.uk. That's where you'll find them. I'm an alright type of I'm okay. I'm alright now, but last week I was in rough shape, you know. Rodney. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right now. Good day today. Busy day today. Did a, a thing with Richard Willett glitching the code for for his podcast. It's, it goes out on Iconic, which is a very interesting platform. And I had a few things to do. So it's been busy. But I'm looking forward to hearing from you. You will set the agenda. And before I forget, if you did get through over the last couple of phone-ins, please don't phone me today. I expect to get a large volume of calls, so let's get through as many as we can this afternoon, Monday's programme. Well, 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 well. The transgender weightlifter, Laurel Hubbard, is out, I say, out of the Tokyo Olympics. The New Zealand weightlifter, because she competed for New Zealand, did I say she? Dag nabbit. Didn't mean to do that. Anyway, he crashed out of the Olympics today after making history as the first trans woman to compete in a solo event. The 43-year-old who transitioned in 2012 was competing in the 87 kilograms plus category but failed to record a single valid snatch lift in Tokyo. What kind of fuckery is <laughs> What was that again? I'm taking it from the BBC. I don't know anything about weightlifting. The 43-year-old failed to record a single valid snatch lift in Tokyo. Yes, snatch lift. The trans woman failed the snatch lift because the trans woman doesn't have a snatch. Beautiful. That's poetic justice right there, the BBG would say. No snatch, no joy. How did he get on? Well, he had the cojones, he had the balls, he just wasn't good enough. I'm here all week, sadly. How did that trans woman get on? Well, he had plenty of cojones, but uh, wasn't good enough at the end of the day. Get back home to New Zealand, you mad hairy backstart, and stay away from the women. Step away from the women. 
Now, funny this afternoon, Joanna Harper is a trans woman and an athlete and also a medical physicist at Loughborough University, Loughborough. So Joanna was on the BBC this afternoon and it got a little bit testy. Now, a little bit testy. The presenter asked the trans athlete academic, what is the criteria, the rules for trans women or men competing with the women? Here's the answer. But um, the the current IOC rules allow trans women to uh, compete uh, against cisgender or typical women uh, once the trans woman has lowered her testosterone below 10 nanomoles per liter and kept it there for a year uh, in the sport of weightlifting, uh, the, the International Weightlifting Federation requires the testosterone to be below 5 nanomoles per liter. And, and that's the rule that holds for Laurel Hubbard. So, so that's the rule she was required to meet. You've just described uh, biological women as cisgender women, but this is about biology and sex, isn't it, rather than gender, which is something that you, you, you might change, not something that's observed at birth. Yes, enough of this cisgender shite. The answer is funny because the trans woman didn't like the question very much and kind of chokes and splutters in answering it. <clears throat> uh, um, uh, 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 at birth... We are assigned male or female based on the appearance of our external genitalia, which is certainly one aspect of biology. Bollocks, no pun intended. We'll come back to it. Um, there are others uh, and many aspects of, of biology are changed when transgender women go on hormone therapy. The advantage, though, some, some uh, critics would say, is that you've enjoyed, if, if you're born male, You've enjoyed the benefits, if you like, of testosterone through adulthood and adolescent. Is it possible, do you believe, to mitigate completely against that advantage? Mm. Not completely. Um, among other things, height isn't going to be reduced at all. Um, some advantages will go completely away. Hemoglobin levels will go from male levels to female levels within four months. Strength is a slower and less complete change. So, so no, the advantages don't completely go away, but we allow advantages in sport. Mm, between people of the same sex, yeah, we do, yeah. Hey, did you hear that pish, that absolute pish at the beginning of the answer? This is the madness, you know. At birth, we are assigned male or female based on the appearance of our external genitalia, which is certainly one aspect of biology. <laughs> Let's have a listen to that again. At birth, we are assigned male or female based on the appearance of our external genitalia, which is certainly one aspect of biology. No, no. Midwives and doctors don't assign anything to anybody. They have a look at the baby just below the navel and they look for a willy or for a vagina. If it's a willy, well, they know it's a boy because 575 billion years of evolution. If it's a vagina, well, it must be a girl. Nobody is pigeonholing or putting the child into a box. These people are batshit crazy. You lunatic. Uh, the BBC has a, well, the BBC woman, the real woman, has a good question here. If there's no advantage to the biology that you, you were born with, why aren't we seeing more trans men wanting to compete in men's events? 
Good question. Um, we are seeing trans men competing in men's events. We are, are we? There's a, a professional boxer in the United States. His name is Patricio Manuel. He's undefeated as a professional men's boxer. <laughs> He's probably fought nobody. She has probably fought nobody. But that's the only one. She stops dead then. He's undefeated as a professional men's boxer. Right. And? Is that it? How much? Caught the BBC woman out there, eh? With that short answer. How difficult do you think the tension is then between wanting to be inclusive of, of people, recognise uh, how they wish to live their lives, what they believe their gender to be, and making sure that sport is entirely fair? Because, of course, a lot of women are concerned that their female-only, women-only spaces are being slowly eroded. Erased, yes. Well, sport is never entirely fair, but but I, I do think it is incumbent upon uh, officials to, to try to make uh, meaningful competition within categories, especially the women's category. And, and so there is a certain amount of conflict between inclusivity and, and trying to make meaningful sport with, within the competition. But I, I think that um, the current IOC rules balance those two quite nicely. Mm. I just can't stop laughing at Laurel Hubbard. Now, I don't take any pleasure in anybody's misfortune. I do not. And there but for the grace of God, it could be me with gender dysphoria. But I like to think I wouldn't be behaving like some of these people if I did have gender dysphoria. I hope that Laurel, when he gets home to New Zealand, has the courage to just have a little bit of a, you know, poke some fun at yourself. And when you're asked by people who didn't follow the Olympics, how did you get on? Just be honest and say, well, I failed to record a single valid snatch lift in Tokyo because I don't have a snatch. That would be brilliant. I, I you know, I, I think more highly of you going forward. That's just me. It's 10 minutes past the hour. It's the Richie Allen radio show for Monday, the 2nd of August. Thanks to Tom and Debs for your lovely email, Tom and Debs. And all I can say to you is... I'm thinking of you and you're not on your own in the boat that you're in and I will I'm not one now for sending out I don't have the skills or the or the coaching but I'm going to think very positive things about the two of you and hopefully there'll be better news ahead for you thanks for your lovely email by the way a lot of people are struggling very badly at the moment I'm well aware of it and it's not nice. Hi to Nana, Nessa and to Emma Al-Sassini. They're driving back home to Scotland. Uh, they visited all their relatives, those that are alive and those in the cemetery heading back to Yorkshire. No, driving back from Scotland. That's right. Coming from Scotland to Yorkshire, having visited relatives alive and dearly departed. Thank you, Nana, Nessa. Good, good afternoon to David Keane as well. It is your call, by the way, around about a half an hour's time, a little less maybe. I'll be opening the Skype and the phone line and you and I are going to have a good old chinwag. I did invite Piers Corbyn on the programme today, but I haven't heard back from him. That's okay. We'll see. I'll give him till tomorrow. After that, I'll just lose interest. That's how it is with me. You'll know that he's in the tabloid media because of a sting that took place. A couple of pranksters, they claim that they got Piers Corbyn to accept a bribe of £10,000 in return for easing off on the criticism of the AstraZeneca jab. He says that it's nonsense, that their video is dodgy, that they've rearranged some of the video, the timeline isn't right, 
and that they have made it look like he agreed to do things that he didn't. That's what he has said on a video he produced sometime yesterday. I just don't care really anymore, to be honest. I really don't. You know, if he comes on, we'll ask him the tough questions. If he doesn't, I just don't care. I really don't. 12 minutes past five. That's why I never endorse things or people. I'm nice to people. I bring them on, but I don't endorse them. Never give anybody a personal endorsement. Because ultimately you never know, do you, who you're dealing with. Uh, That's not in any way now to suggest that I think that Piers has done anything wrong. The truth is I don't know. How could I know from this vantage point? But maybe we'll find out, maybe we won't. And you're clever enough, dear listener, to make your own mind up anyway. Let's talk about Lord Digby Jones, if you please. That'll teach me to turn down my bloody phone. Eh? Let me turn it down right now. My phone is pinging and pinging and pinging. Is it the NHS? No, because I don't have the NHS app. I wasn't that stupid (laughs) to download it. Mr. Allen, you've come into contact with somebody who has COVID. You must stay at home for two weeks. No, no, none of that nonsense. Lord Digby Jones has reiterated his criticism of Alex Scott. She is a former football player. These days, she's a pundit for the BBC and for Sky. She's everywhere, Alex Scott. I'm not going to say again what I think of her. She's too inexperienced and it's unfair to be criticising people who have yet to gain experience broadcasting. I was, you might say I'm rubbish now and that's subjective, you might be right. But I was a lot worse when I started. Oh, be jeepers. So it's unfair of me to say she's not very good. I don't think she's good, but she might improve. Anyway, he took umbrage, did the Digby Jones guy. And the fact that she wasn't pronouncing her G's, I talked about this on the Melody programme yesterday. She was saying swimming, fencing, instead of saying swimming and fencing. I agree with him. Now, he might be the greatest arsehole of all time, this guy. On the Sunday morning melodies yesterday, I didn't even know who he was, really. Mea culpa. I should know. I think I passed him off as a Tory. I got that wrong. He's a Labour peer. Was or is a Labour peer. And he got very annoyed. So Scott did what Scott's generation does. She became defensive and tried to make it about class. Class, dear, if you don't mind which is nonsense. He's right. There is a way to speak. Speak properly when you are broadcasting. I'm amazed that her producers haven't pulled her to one side and said, this guy is right. There are standards and we must uphold them when it comes to broadcasting, elocution and all of that. So she's played the class card and Digby Jones is not having it. Here he is speaking to GB News yesterday. Not her accent. Everybody's come back and said, I'm against her accent. I'm not against her accent at all. It's the fact that the, the, the Olympic competitors are not competing in the fencing, the rowing, the swimming. <laughs> They're not. The kayaking, the canoeing. They're not. She's just well, I, in the geop. I understand what you're saying. She's dropped dropped the G. Let Rigby does it at Sky News. We have a Home Secretary who does it. And this is about bad elocution. It's about it being wrong. And what I don't want to have is these amazing role models. And Alex Scott is a role model. Pretty Patel as Home Secretary, a role model. Beth Give Rigby, not so much. Politics editor, a role model. I don't want... Let's not get carried away. ...with a load of people... Who, who believe that that's how you pronounce a word that ends with a G. It is not an accent. 
It is a wrong pronunciation. It's incorrect pronunciation. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's dreadful. Standards have dived. I've taken a massive dive in recent years. And positive discrimination has got quite a lot to do with it. It's bad enough, positive discrimination, if you give somebody a gig just because they are a woman or because they are from an ethnic minority group. That's bad enough. You shouldn't do that. You should promote exclusively on merit, irrespective of what the person looks like, who they go to bed with. It shouldn't matter. You might say it does. You're naive, Richie. It wouldn't if I was running a media organisation. I just want talent. I don't care what they are, who they are. But positive discrimination ultimately drives standards down. And in this case, it is dreadful. It is deplorable. Alex Scott played soccer for England. Very successful woman, 140 times. What does she know about track and field and swimming? Maybe she knows a lot, maybe. Maybe I'm pigeonholing her. I doubt it, though. I doubt she's an expert in athletics, track and field. But how the hell do I know? Enough of that, anyway. Let's move on to more. She's a little chav. <laughs> She's a little scally. But then, so am I. The, you can take the boy out of Ballybeg County, Waterford, or Waterford City, I should say. But you'll never take the Ballybeg out of the boy. I'm a Ballybegger. Here's more serious matters now. I missed this last Friday. Because on Friday, I'm not on air. I'm working, but I'm not on air. I missed James Max on talk radio. He had the Tory MP Roger Gale on. Have you come across Roger Gale? Have you? What a jackbooted, Heil Hitler chanting, Wiener schnitzel eating, Dashund walking little tyrant he is. <sighs> Do you want me to repeat that? A jackbooted, Heil Hitler chanting, Wiener schnitzel eating, Dashund walking little tyrant. Jack booted, yeah. But I bet he has a sex doll styled on Angela Merkel at home. I'd buy one of those, to be honest. Schnell! Listen to this nutter. He's an MP, no less. I know, I know. Listen. I know. We shouldn't refer to people like Kate Chemerani or others as nutters, but it's fair game when they are members of Parliament. Listen to this absolute lunatic speaking with James Max, formerly of The Apprentice. Well, what about all the people who have the right not to want to share their company with somebody who hasn't been vaccinated? Whether yes, he's talking about anti-vaxxers. Whether that's in the workplace, whether that's in the play place. Why should they okay, not have I, the right? No, why should, hang on. Why should they not have the right to know that the people they're mixing with have been vaccinated? But why does it make a difference to you as an individual? If you've been vaccinated... Why does it make it a matter about being courteous to others, whether somebody else is vaccinated or not? Because you've taken the vaccine not only to reduce, and I know it doesn't uh, extinguish, but to reduce the chance that you will receive COVID, uh, but also uh, to reduce the chance that you will transmit it. Of course, I would like to see people persuaded that the vaccine is a good idea. But what difference does it make to you if another individual has or has not had the vaccine? Yes, that's a good question now, and it's one that has vexed you and me. If you've had the vaccine, Mr Gale, what difference does it make if others don't have it? You probably know what he's going to say, don't you? Well, it may make the difference between life and death. Um, we don't allow people to drink and drive. Now, is there a human right that says, I've got to be allowed to drink and drive? No, of course not. Why not? 
because he might kill people. Well, I'm sorry, you might actually be responsible for the cause of killing somebody if you spread a disease that for certain people can be lethal. And but, but hang on a you second, you're work. assuming, you're making the assumption there that by having both doses of the vaccine, that you have, um, you have reduced, if not extinguished, the chance that you too could be a carrier. You can carry COVID-19 when you yep. have been vaccinated. Absolutely, you can, but the chances are very greatly lessened. Yeah, I know people who've been vaccinated who've then gone on to catch COVID. Yeah. Uh, of course, that is the case. Yeah. But the chances are infinitely less in those that have been vaccinated than those who haven't. Now, look, the individual has an absolute right not to be vaccinated. You said at the start in your introduction, I respect that right. Yeah, I respect that right, too. They have the right not to be vaccinated. But if you want to go to a football match, you have yeah. to buy a ticket, don't you? If you haven't got a ticket, you can't go into the football match. If you can't afford the ticket, you can't go into the football match. Is that a right? Do you have a right to go into a football match when you haven't got a ticket? The vaccine passport is a ticket. It's a right of entry. And I think the people who are running those establishments have the right to determine whether or not they want, in the interests of the majority of their clientele, to say, we're not having people in here who haven't been vaccinated. Mm. It's my choice. If I choose not to be vaccinated, that's entirely my business. But it doesn't give me the right to go and mix with people who care and who have been vaccinated, does it? Yeah, well, it does, really. Um, a number of you thought or think, I've just been alerted to this by my great friend, Jean Ann, but I've also just gone on to my email, and a number of you think I made up the gag earlier on about the snatch lift. I didn't make it up, honestly. That is the category. It is a snatch lift. It is a discipline in weightlifting. A snatch lift is a way of lifting a a, what did they call them? Well, the weight, the weight itself on the bar. Yes, it's hilariously ironic that Laurel Hubbard, the man, couldn't do a snatch lift and was beaten by real women. I just think it's fantastic. I'll be laughing at it tonight when I'm getting into bed because when something tickles me, I just laugh forever. And ever and ever, amen. Spiro Skouras, my great friend in Arizona, he said to me, Richie, have a look at this clip. He sent me a clip. It's 21 seconds long. This is CNN. It is Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. These are CNN reporters, anchors with a W. And here they are giving it to their viewers about why they should have the vaccine. Sinister this. This is the media. You got to start telling people if you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this office or this place of business. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come to work. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this gym. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this, get onto this airplane. It, it, it has nothing to do with freedom. It has nothing to do with liberty. Mm, it has plenty to do with freedom and liberty. These guys are very tough, aren't they? Behind their cameras on CNN. Very tough. I wonder, are they so brave or are they as brave when they meet the general public? Imagine they keep those opinions to themselves, maybe. Just me, anyway. Just me. Hey, Jacob Rees-Mogg, by the way, a pal of Roger Gales. Mogg is the leader of the Commons. He was on Radio 4's Annie Questions programme over the weekend on vaccine passports. Jacob Rees-Mogg had this to say. Terminological inexactitude, darling, as he's known affectionately to the press. Um, well, so, so far it's only been proposed 
for people who want to go to nightclubs. But we've got to think of freedoms as well, that we don't want to get into a society where routinely people are expected to show their papers. I think that is not a British way to behave. We have a right, an ancient right, to go about our lawful business without being expected to prove who we are or what we're doing to anybody. And I think we should protect our ancient freedoms very carefully. On the other hand, we want to ensure that as many people as possible are vaccinated, and then people will have, to some extent, a choice. If you take the nightclubs example, um, I suppose people in my age group won't necessarily be choosing to go to nightclubs, but then people in my age group have almost entirely been vaccinated. And that's very, very important that 71% um, of people have now had both vaccinations, 88% I think have had at least one. Yeah, that's right. Well, when I say that's right, we must believe that or we are being asked to believe it. I don't know if it's true. 71% of all adults have had two now and 88% have had at least one or have had one. Okay, right. And if you do check out richieallen.co.uk, you will know that it is planned to offer 32 million British people a booster jab from around about the end of the first week in September. It's all a bit mad. Reese Mogg says, look, go and get the jab, but we must protect our ancient freedoms. One, so the push to vaccination will ensure that we are able to get over the end of the COVID problem. And I don't know when that will be, but it's obviously closer than it was, and the vaccines have been crucial uh, in that, uh, at which point all our freedoms ought to be restored intact. But if one's needed for a short period in relation to nightclubs, I don't think that will be a fundamental attack on our liberties. Mm. But it is, because it's, it's... What is that phrase? I've used it many times. It's a slippery slope, isn't it? If you consent or if you agree that it should be a condition of entry to nightclubs, obviously, that eventually broadens out, doesn't it? Then it becomes the pub, it becomes the restaurant, the cafe. It becomes the community hall. Before you know it... It becomes everywhere. He was asked, would he attend the Conservative Party conference if there was a requirement to be jabbed? Now, he's already had two jabs, allegedly. But on a point of principle, even though he has been jabbed, would he decline to attend, not show up, if it was insisted upon that the that the conference attendees were double-jabbed? Well, as a minister, I think it would be a little bit bad manners of me not to turn up to my party's own conference. And I've had, I've had the vaccine, and I'm happy to tell people that on air. And that's the important thing, is that people have the vaccine, and the vast majority of members of parliament, members of the Tory party, dare I say the Tory party doesn't have the youngest membership in the world, uh, have had both vaccines. And also, sorry to keep with you, but just to clear something up, what about university students? Well, no decision's been made on that. Uh, it's merely at the moment um, that something will be brought before Parliament in September for nightclubs. Mm. And I don't think nightclubs is the end of the world. All right. But I do think when all this is over, we should have all our freedoms restored. Yeah. Wish in one hand, or think what, what, what should happen in one hand, and take a big old poo in the other hand. See which one gets full the quickest. It's a very old southern adage, that, from the south, from the US, 
Deep South, and it's a very appropriate one, I would have said. Very good email from Ewan, who's Scottish. Thanks, Ewan. On the Alex Scott issue, I sound like an upbeat Andy Murray on the phone and a pissed Rabsy Nesbitt when I'm with my Scottish mates. Time and place for speaking a certain way. Absolutely right. I come from Ballybeg in Waterford City. Working class boy. My family were factory workers. I don't do class, so it's ridiculous of me to say I'm proud of it. I'm certainly not ashamed of it. And I'm a working class kid. So I wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a trace of me. I don't have a snobbish bone in my body. I wouldn't be condescending in speaking about Alex Scott. But it is absolutely inappropriate to speak like that when you're working for the national broadcaster or anybody else. That is my opinion. It's got nothing to do with her working class background. I'm a working class kid. And I said on Sunday Morning Melodies yesterday, I was hammered and even threatened over the THs thing. Not just that, but dropping other words into every second sentence. I was told it was unacceptable. And either I got with it or pissed off and found another occupation. And I totally got it, totally understood it and agreed with it, you know? So, yeah. I Again, I would be... The BBC really is gone. I mean, we know it's gone, but it's really gone if a senior producer isn't speaking to Alex Scott and saying, listen, there is a way to speak. We're not asking you to change your accent. There isn't anything wrong with your accent. But pronounce your G's. Do that much. And listen back to yourself. Very important. Listen back to your own broadcasts and be critical with yourself. That's how we were taught. When I started out, we were encouraged to listen back and to cringe in the appropriate places, which I did a thousand times a day in the early days. So bad was I, you know? And I did, and I had no problem with it. And I improved. Again, this is subjective. You might say, you go out of it now, you, your cat, as we say in Ireland. You're cat, boy. And I might be cat, right? But I'm a damn sight better than I used to be. Thanks, Ewan. That's a good email. It's a good point you make there. 29 minutes to the top of the hour. Before I do open Skype and open the phone, let me just play one more little clip about vaccine coercion and stuff. Stuff. This is interesting. You know that they've been bribing. When I say, I hate to say younger people because it sounds so patronising, but people in their late teens, 19, 20, people going to university. We've learned, haven't we, you and me, we've learned in the last few days, they're being offered things like Uber rides. That's a taxi service. They're being offered, in some cases, discounts on certain things if they go and get the jab. Have a listen to Sky News presenter Sarah Jane Mee introducing this little story. You will hear a couple of students speaking. Around a third of under 30s across the UK are still unvaccinated, according to a new poll. Despite rising infection rates in that age group, many told the students' network uni days they don't intend to get the jab. Scientists warn that while less likely to suffer serious illness than the elderly, younger people can end up with long COVID. Milena Veselinovic has this report. Ahmed's first year at university was marred by lockdown after lockdown. 
He's determined to make up for what he missed in his second year. And key to that is getting a COVID jab. This is a bit tragic now. Listen to what Ahmed says. It sounds like the kid's kind of clued in, but he effectively says that being denied the opportunity to do the student type things, going out and having fun, that would move him towards getting a jab. I was going to get it, but I wasn't very inclined to do it very quickly right. until I found out about travel and, and, and restaurants and concerts and clubbing and all. That's coercion right there. He wanted to kind of hang around and think about whether he should or shouldn't have it and maybe give some time to see what sort of impact it might have in his community, maybe. And he was going to hold back. But then because of the going out to do things and the socialising, he realised that, well, he'd have to have it. That's the coercion. And all these things which which are, are a part of, are a, part of a, a university student's life and you could potentially be left out if you don't, aren't vaccinated. But Ed, who's also vaccinated, objects to having to prove it. I think for, for me, the most important thing is, is choice. So, if, you know, if people have the choice to take the vaccine, which I think most young people will, um, you know, I think that's the most important thing. I don't think we should be coerced necessarily. Good man. That guy is studying at the University of Manchester, according to Sky. He'll have it. He thinks, by and large, he thinks most students will have it, but nobody should be coerced into doing it, nor should they be denied access to venues because they haven't had it. Interesting, he said most of them will have it. If Sky is right, 30%. That's a lot of people in that age group who have yet to come and have one of the jabs. I find it kind of encouraging. I have to say that. I'm encouraged by that. I hope that it continues, that attitude. We'll just have to wait and see. 26 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. My pal Alice is in Toronto. How you doing, Alice? It's in, it's approaching midday there. Is it Alice or is it gone midday where you are? Richie, Chris Cuomo already had COVID, says Alice. He transmitted um, from his house, was it, during the course of his illness, from his apartment. Was he vaccinated? If so... He is an idiot because he had COVID already. I recently went to visit an aunt in a nursing home. No one was asked if they were vaccinated, but everyone who wishes to enter the home has to take a quick test, vaccinated or not. I also went on a boat cruise on a small lake and after filling out a questionnaire and our temperatures being taken, we were allowed to board and everyone, vaccinated or not, had to wear a mask only in the closed-in section of the boat. All of this nonsense about passports and vaccines, Reggie, you can still participate in everything, even if you are not vaccinated, if you take extra precautions. What's wrong with that? asks Alice. I would rather wear a mask than get vaccinated, or work from home instead of being vaccinated. Plus, the latest news is that people who are fully vaccinated are spreading the virus around, and the CDC has proclaimed that everyone has to wear masks indoors again. Stop being bullied into getting vaccines or shamed or made to feel guilty, says Alice. We are five minutes into these vaccines. Be patient. Be more patient. And watch how the whole vaccination thing falls apart once Big Pharma has gotten everyone vaccinated and made a ton of money. Then they will, uh, they will come up with some other garbage pill for everyone, says Alice. Alice, thanks for your honesty. I really appreciate it. And I know that some of our listeners, they won't be happy with your comment. 
But I understand it. I do understand it. I heard from a friend on on Saturday, I think it might have been, a friend of mine dropped me an email. He's in Ireland. He has no intention of having the vaccine, but he is prepared to play ball a little bit with the system, like yourself. He will consent to a lateral flow test, he told me. And he will occasionally don a mask if it means that he gets to travel. But he'll never have the jab, he says, and I believe him. Now, I disagree with him at the same time. Call me pig-headed, call me stubborn. I won't do any of it. I will not take a lateral flow test, ever, if it means I can go to a football match. No, I won't. I would feel like I was selling myself out. But I don't accuse you of that, Alice. Horses for courses. We've all got to navigate this paradigm our own way. And I have great respect for you for for saying this is how you're going to approach it. For me, no, I won't consent to anything. Some might say, well, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face, Baldy. If you're that, that desperate to go to a concert, why wouldn't you take a test to go? Because for me, it never ends then, you know. It never ends. So no, I won't do that. I'm not going to prove to anybody or be coerced into proving to anybody is that I'm not a walking, talking, biological weapon. I'm not. And that's how I see it. But others see it differently. Maybe we'll get into this on the phone in in a moment. Let me give you the details again before I go to the Skype and to the phone. Do you know the details? They're on richieallen.co.uk. Get on there if you don't know them off by heart, but you must do now. My Skype thing is chat with Richie. That's my Skype handle. Chat with Richie. No T in Richie. All one word. Chat with Richie. There's a number here in the UK. 0161 818 2018. Outside the UK, plus 44 161 818 2018. Please do not attempt to get through if you did in any of the last two phone-ins. Let's get some new voices on. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Let's make your point nice and clear. You'll have the floor. Can't wait to hear from you. Here's PM Dawn. And set adrift on Memory Bliss on the Richie Allen radio show for Monday, the 2nd of August, 2021. Your call it is. It'll be a good one, I think. I can remember when I 
caught up with a pastime intimate friend She said, but you're probably gonna say I look lovely But you probably don't think nothing of me She was right though, I can't lie She's just one of those corners of my mind And I'll just put her right back with the rest That's the way it goes Baby, you send me PM Dawn and set adrift on memory bliss 1991, I think. I could look it up, but I think so. Jody is on the line. We tried to hook up last phone phone in program, but it didn't work. I think it might be okay now. Jody, welcome to the program. How are you? Hello. You're there. Thank goodness for that. How are you keeping? Okay, how are you? Asher, I'm hanging on in there, Jody. I'm hanging in there. You get to uh, set the agenda straight off the bat. First of all, where where are you calling from? I'm calling from Manchester. Ah, I'm you're... just pulling my car over because I listen to you on my, on my way home. So You're on your way home from work? Yeah, that's the one. Good but stuff. I just wanted to say about, um, you mentioned about the younger age bracket. And I think what a lot of the politicians and the people spouting about the vaccine they're all old and they've already had their younger, crazy years of going to nightclubs. So they're not bothered. And I think that's what they're missing. The point of view from the young people is if you're in the age bracket of 18 to 25, you might have only had 12 months worth of time to actually go clubbing. So yeah. you've not experienced it or go traveling or go to university or whatever. Are you telling me to bugger off? Are you in the nightclub going years, Jody? <laughs> I'm not. I am, and I only had the same 12 months to actually experience it before it all crashed and burned. And I love music, I love travelling, and I did do some when I was underage. Don't hope there's no police listening. <laughs> However, now I feel like our chances are scuppered. However, that email that you received, I do agree with, because I think, wait and see. I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm not too bothered about the vaccine. I'm carrying on with my life, and I think... I've got a hopeful chance that it will crash and burn and life will go back to normal. Hopefully. But maybe so, I'm stupid. No, I don't think you're stupid at all. So Alice's excellent email where Alice says, look, I'm going to box clever. I'll play a little bit of ball. I'll take the temperature test. I might take the, 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 the flow test, even though I won't have the vaccine. You think that's maybe a, a smarter approach than, than my head in the sand approach? It depends how excited you are to get back out into the yeah. uh, world of clubbing or travel. I mean, I've had to take some tests because it was either you take a lateral flow test or you lose your job. And I wasn't in the position to lose my job. But then you're putting, well, like you said, kind of selling yourself out. But I want to travel, but I don't want to have, be coerced into anything. So it's a really tough position to be in. Um, when you haven't actually experienced the normal world as it was. That's a good with point. With the freedom of being over 18. I'll tell you why it's a good point. I wouldn't dare patronise anybody. I don't do that. I'll tell you, I'm 46 and I've been to most of the continents. I've been lucky. 
I have, you know, I've been to North Africa, I've been to America, I've been to Central America, I've been all over Europe. And at 46, I suppose I can say that, that I can live with it. And I have said this, I think, on the programme, I've said that I can just live with it. But maybe I needed to be a bit more, a bit more circumspect about that, Jody, because maybe if I was in my 20s, it wouldn't be so easy for me to say, well, bugger off, I'm not going to do anything. I take that point on, on board. And may I ask, if you don't mind, what about your employment now and the vaccine? Is is it being discussed where, where you work? You don't have to give too many details. Um, I won't give too many details. They've already put a policy out which basically says in legalese that we can either make you work at home or sack you if you haven't had it. I don't know how well that will fly nearer the time. Um, I will not be having it just because of my employment. If I can hold out for another 12 months, um, then I'm happy. I'm pretty much prepared to lose my job over it because now I'm in a better financial position and I could look for something else. However, I wouldn't go and try and apply for a job at somewhere like Pimlico Plumbers because I think (laughs) that a a lot of businesses now are going to write into their contracts that you have to be vaccinated to be employed. Yeah. They you are. Hey, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Jody, did you see the reports last week that some, some are saying that if you declared yourself to be vegan, that they they couldn't in any way, they, they couldn't in any way um, discriminate against you because some of these things are tested on animals, and there might even be animal products in some of these jobs. I wonder will will, will people see that as a way to to beating the the uh, the mandation by the companies, I just wonder. I think there will be quite a lot of um, questions about maybe relig- religion or veganism or however, but I get asked every pretty much every day at work if I've had it yet. Right. And I just reply with, I don't want to discuss my medical history at work because I don't feel comfortable doing so. But I think we have to remember that the Equality Act has only been in place for 11 years. So a lot of older employees or more traditional employees won't take that as a valid answer because they want to know everything about you. Yeah. God. I I, I genuinely feel sorry for you, you know that. Again, I, I am very aware of the fact that I basically work for myself. I I spend my, my office, my studios are at home and these are things I don't have to worry about. My my other half does have to worry about this stuff, like yourself. She works for a company. And from what I understand, they're, they're, they're beginning to ask questions also, you know. So she'll have to deal with that too. But, but wow, yeah. Did you say that it was 30% of people in that younger age bracket who haven't had it yet? Yes, or that, was that- that's, the media is claiming this. And I, I understand the health secretary said something similar late last week. About 30%, Jody, have, have yet to have even a single one. Hence all of this stuff about, about Uber rides and, and, you know, tickets and, and other such bribes. So they're saying 30%, yeah. That makes me just so sick to my stomach because that's them thinking, oh, well, what do young people, what do young people like? Young people like pizza. Young people like taking a taxi. It's like, oh, it's just infuriating because they're so, so out of touch. But they're not just out of touch. They hold not just the younger populace, but the whole populace in such contempt that they know nothing about us. And they're happy for to just let us waste away or stay indoors. Wow. 
but I, I, I can't follow that, Jody. I really can't. I mean, I, I agree. I'm not a young person anymore, but, but when you put it like that, yeah, that they can reduce the experiences of young people to pizzas and, and bottles of Coca-Cola. It's kind of pathetic, really. But it it's going to get worse. I, I think, well, the coercion will. And uh, I don't know. You mentioned the Equality Act. We're, we're going to need to see a court case or two, aren't we? We're going to need somebody to test this in the law. That's where we might need to see this go. Well, maybe it'll be me. It might be your good self. <laughs> in which case, you won't give anybody an interview before you give me an interview, Jody. <laughs> it's as simple true. as that. That was a fantastic first call, Jody. Thanks for, for, for Thanks getting for through. Time. Nice to chat. Speak soon. And okay, good luck with everything. Good luck with work and everything else. Jody there on the line from Manchester. On the way home is Jody from work. It's chat with Richie, all one word. That's the Skype thing. If you want to get through to me on Skype, you can also reach me via telephone 0161 Do you feel like Jody? Do you think, yeah, it's all right to say that you wouldn't miss nightclubs and that you could live with not going to concerts, that you could live with not going to football matches. But if you're young and you haven't experienced an awful lot of this, uh, maybe, let me just do something there I should have done. I've actually put myself almost on uh, Do Not Disturb by accident. So I've actually been blocking since I just finished with Jody. I've accidentally, inadvertently been blocking the calls. But maybe you might say, yes, I can't imagine or I couldn't bear a life where I was banned from doing X, Y and Z because I haven't experienced it. Therefore, I might be prepared to do things that I don't like. Not take the vaccine, no, but, but maybe take consent to the test, maybe. Maybe wear a mask on a phone, maybe. I don't know. Chat with Richie, all one word, 801618182018. But I think we're back on it now with a call from Antonio, I think. Is it Antonio on the line? Yeah. How are you doing, Antonio? Where are you calling from? Portugal. Nice to speak with you, my friend. Which part of Portugal are you, are you in? North Portugal. Well, welcome to the programme, Antonio. What would you like to say? Well, I'd like to talk about this uh, vaccination stuff. I'm all, um, I'm all ears because I, I, don't, okay. I, I don't know what's going on in in Portugal, in your country, but you're going to tell us. What's happening there? Well, it's the same as everywhere, I, I, I think. But, uh, sorry, my English is not perfect, okay? It's fantastic, Antonio. Uh, you sound great. I can understand every word, my uh, friend. I'll try my best. Uh, the, 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 the vaccination is not mandatory, uh, but it's, it's a coercion uh, thing, you know. We can go uh, pretty much anywhere. And... and um, Right now, uh, it's just at, at the restaurants and um, and theaters and cinemas at the, at the weekends. But uh, well, everybody's talking about um, uh, most uh, uh, probably mandatory uh, on the supermarkets too. So um, I am uh, 56 years old. I live uh, from about 10 years. Uh, say, um, as you say, out of greed. Right. Okay. Off greed. Off greed. Okay. Half. I mean, half because my wife is is, is working, and um, uh, she's uh, and and she's a nurse, and she decided she wouldn't take this this vaccine. It's not yet um, 
mandatory, but uh, you know, there's all this uh, social and professional pressure, like uh, for instance, uh, the central services calling for her and hey, uh, you didn't take the job, you know, and she said, well, not yet because you know it's not it's not mandatory, but. They say, okay, it's not mandatory, but you know, uh, we should uh, we should give the, the the example and so on, you know. And so um, yesterday, she came home and she was in she was working and she told me she 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 took the job, you know. And I and I got speechless, man. I I I I I got so sad. And I told her, well, well this is it's, I'm so sad. This is a big deception for me. And until until now, I'm I I'm feel strange. I I don't know what to say. I mean, she 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 kind of um, didn't wasn't wasn't capable of, of of facing this this um this pressure. You know, it's, this, it, this it's, is sad, Antonio. This is really sad. Yeah, she I, she I, did I, she did not want to have the job. So her position was she didn't, she didn't want she it. Didn't, you know, you know, because she, she, until now she didn't even used to take the the, 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 the flu vaccine every year. I mean, she's healthy. She's 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 forty nine. She she's she, she didn't have any never any sort of disease, nor nor did I. And so we were. Uh, but you know, she she's not like me. I mean, I'm I'm that kind of guy who doesn't who doesn't take. Uh, you know, some when I don't understand something, I go I go for, for for the argument and 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 I I want to make things clear. But my wife is is the opposite. She 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 avoids she avoids the, the you know the confrontation. Fighting. She yeah, she avoids yeah, the confrontation. But but I yeah, under, I yeah, understand yeah. that. I feel really sorry for her now. And you you think the pressure became too much for your wife? The pressure to take the job. That her job, maybe you know, she was worried in, about her in, job. You know, she works in, in the public uh, sector. I mean, uh, but you know, there are about ten in 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 in, a, in the place she she worked, and she was the only one who didn't uh, take the job. You know, and and everybody was, hey, why don't you why don't you do it? I mean, all of us have have done it, and 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 why don't you do it? Yeah. And she, well, I'm waiting to see how the things are developed. You know. Uh, because it's new, because it's brand new, and and because yes. and because I, I I'm listening to the Rich Allen show for for about uh, for about I mean I, I I listen to you from about 2016. Is that right? And every day every day I I I go we talk about it and and I put her listening to some of your interviews and I and I and I explain her you know this guy is telling this and that you know at least I I think. The problem here, and there isn't a debate, you know. I've 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 worked at the media too. I've been presenting radio programs in the radio local radio station here in the north, and by, about twenty years ago. And by the time we match with, with with the nationals, and 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 I know too how these things work, you know. There's there's not a the problem here is there isn't a a, a true debate about about these things. Right. And people are falling are falling into this pressure, you know. But the problem is, these people are falling, and they kind of 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 uh, making more pressure <coughs> about those one who those ones who, who who don't take this this, yeah. this vaccine. And you can <laughs> can, can I can I ask you this? It's a, a little bit personal now. Um, you're you're disappointed 
that your wife had the jab, but you you love your wife, Antonio, don't you? You've got to be there for her, don't you? You've got to be able to put your arm around her. I mean, she Man, pro- she, she probably she, feels she, bad. She, she she's the love of my life. We Fantastic. Twenty four. We got a twenty four year year old daughter. Lovely. And uh, I, I was feeling like wanted to run away yesterday. You know, I, I didn't want to face her. It's strange. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I never I never felt like this before. You know, because a few days ago you you uh, not this last interview with with um, this guy Mark Payerski. Yes, Mark. Yeah. Which yeah, which it is a very interesting guy, and and he, he told something like he couldn't help or heal people uh, who already had the jab. I don't know if you remember that. I do. It, it was we spoke about it twice. Yes, he he said yeah. that he was hearing from energy healers who were okay, concerned yeah. that they yeah. couldn't work with people who yeah. who had the, the jab. But can, can I? St- and I know you. I know this will obviously be a, a huge concern for you, but but your wife has been left down really by her by 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 her bosses, hasn't she? And she's been left down by the people that she works with, and she's been pressured and pressured and pressured, and eventually she's uh, sorry, done I, it. I, I, there was a cut. Can, can you can you, do yeah, you do you mind repeat your question? No, please? not at all. No, I, I was just saying that your your wife has been she's been pressured by by her employers she's been pressured by not 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 by the employers because you know she she works in the in in the in the public sector and th- there is not a so it's a, like peer a, pressure a, then it, it was it was more like from not, her colleagues is that what you said from her from her co-workers they were they were pressuring her i think i hope we've not lost antonio now momentarily okay it, the pressure is 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 from the colleagues from from the central service who sometimes Call to say something like, "Oh, I, I, I you forgot? Did, did yeah, you forgot yeah. of, of of the job? You know, something like that. Some pressure. Uh, n- not for, for there's not necessarily a boss to say, "Oh, you have to take the job or you go out." You know, she doesn't have this this kind of of, of problem. The problem is that she she she's she's she feels alone. Right. And 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 she doesn't have the the the. I, I, you said because, it earlier, like you, you would be more confrontational, but I but would, but, but yeah, your wife I, I isn't. Would, but you know, you've you've got to allow her to be who she is, Antonio. I know it's very disappointing for you. And look, if my partner was to go and get the job, <laughs> I would be disappointed too. But I would still love her. It's strange, but you've you've got to take care of her now, right? Well, uh, at least for now, nothing happens, and she's she's normal. But but I I I fear that you know, because I've been listening and searching for all these things about the vaccine, you know, uh, and 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 at the same time, every all these all these uh, search uh, that I've been doing and listening to your program and to others. At this, you know, it seems like all this, all this knowledge came into my mind all of a sudden, and you know, was like it was like a, I know, some some storm over my head, you know. Yeah. Antonio, we are losing the line just a bit. It's coming in and out. Look, thanks for coming on and speaking about this, and just all the very best to to you and your wife. 
who must be feeling pretty bad about it because she didn't really want to get it. But it's been kind of pressured into it by her colleagues. I'm guessing others are going to be dealing with this in, in the future. That's Antonio there from from Portugal, from North Portugal, I think he said, um, a little bit earlier on. Um, I read an email out from Alice, who's in Toronto, and she's been trying to get through to me on the on the Skype. So we'll see, can we get Alice on and have a chat with her there? The Skype line to the programme is chat with Richie, all one word. To phone me, it's 0161818 That's 0161818 Very difficult situation for Antonio to find himself in. I can't imagine it. Uh, I think it's terrible, really. God love him. Um, but the best of luck to him. Pat is on the line. Pat, how are you? How are you doing, Pat? Oh my Pat? God, I can't believe I got through. I'm glad you Hello. got through. Hello to you. Where, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Mexico, but I am Canadian. You look great, and Pat. I You're on the video there. Yeah, you look fantastic. Sorry, can you, you can see me? I oh, can good. see you. You're on, the, you're on the old camera there. Yeah, you look great. Um, oh, thank you. So you're from Canada. What are you doing in Mexico? Are you on holiday? No, I'm stuck. I can't go back through that stupid, uh, you know, uh, federal uh, government, uh, uh, the airports. Um, they have that uh, COVID hotel crap going on. No way. And um, I just can't go through that. I just refuse to do that. Now, I am trying to. I do have to go back, but uh, I have to be in a better frame of mind to do it and to be in a calmer place to do it because... Uh, they will make your life miserable as soon as they find out they can get you. Yeah. So tell <laughs> me, working on that. Pat, tell us, what what are the requirements then for you to get back home to Canada? Is it is it I quarantine? To, um, you have to do a PCR test here uh, to get on the airplane. When you get off the airplane, you have to do another PCR test. And then you have to go into the COVID hotel for three days at $1,000 a day. And most of the hotels are owned by Chinese conglomerates. Wow. And then you have to do another, and it's, I think eight days or eight days, you'd have to do another test. And um, I just absolutely refuse to do that. I don't blame you. The personal, yeah. ex <laughs> the aspect of the personal expense, that's really horrifying to me. That you would need oh, to spend so much money. Yeah, no, no, it's incredible what they're doing. But there's a really good association or a, a website now that's been started by the police in Canada called um, policeonguard.ca. And they are trying to, you know, educate people that this is such a violation of all our rights. Yeah. And they are doing good work. So there's a lot of people doing good work. There's the, um, I think it's the Legal Center for Civil Liberties is fighting all the fines. Um, there's all kinds of underground work going on. And that is re re really refreshing to see. Um, and we, all we can do is hope that this actually gets some legal um uh, you know, acknowledgement because it's so corrupt at every level there. Oh, I don't know what to say. It's just so corrupt. And how you know? how long can you stay away? Is 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 there going to come a time when you need to just get home, or or how 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 are you set oh. up? Yeah, I'm past due already. I do need to get home, and 
you know, that's the problem. I do really need to get home. And uh, it's frustrating. It, it really, it hurts that you can't be, I want to see my son and his wife. And they just told me I'm going to be a grandmother for the first time. Uh, so I'm all excited about that, but I can't even get there to give him a hug. <laughs> you know? Congratulations, first and foremost, Pat. That must be a lovely thing. If yeah, no, I'm thrilled. Time, yeah. I'm absolutely thrilled. And you're keeping but, a sense. Um, of, you're keeping a sense of humour about it by by the sounds of it. If you don't laugh, well, you'd you go know, crazy, right? <laughs> it's getting harder here because um, now you see the Mexicans changing. You see the fear starting to really get a grip on a lot more people, and it's really sad because most people here are very open. I mean, the, Mexico is wide open. I mean, they really, you know, they have they have no way of really enforcing any of this and the president has just you know said on he had a, a speech the other day where they were very cautious how they worded it but they were not going to give this to the kids and i thought that was the best thing they ever did you know because they it's up to the individual and that's the way they're leaving it but you see people freaking out now because the expats are coming back. They've been vaccinated and people are getting sick. And why are they getting sick? <laughs> and the vaccinated are even sick. Maybe you because tell of me. The, may, yeah. maybe it's the jabs. So that's that's interesting news now. So Obrador, I think his name is Obrador, the Mexican president. Yes, yes. Is that yeah. the guy? So he has definitively stated, Pat, that they will not give the jabs let's never call them vaccines again because they're not vaccines he said no they aren't he said they won't give them to the kids that's good news if you're mexican yeah they said there wasn't enough science <laughs> i'm going hello yeah. <laughs> no tell kidding. us about there's it. enough science to say otherwise yeah tell you us know? tell us something we yeah. don't know mr Obrador. yeah absolutely and can i ask this yeah. are you have you got um are, are you covered there in terms of have you got somebody with you there who's with you, who's going through this with you for support, is there, or, or, or are you on your own? Do you mind me asking? Um, I'm on my own. I'm, I'm always been a solo traveler, but I have a lot of good friends here. And um, my doctor that I come down for treatments every year is my good friend. So um, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for their support and their love because um, they're extremely generous as well. And I just, I'm grateful that I have that. You know, I, I, most people don't in my position, like that are single. You know, they rely on their friends, you know. It's, it's, well, I, thank God you have that support, Pat. I, I was just going to ask, have you thought about trying to get on one of your mid-morning talk shows in, in Canada on the radio and give them a volley of abuse? you know, at least explain to them that this is going on, that you're trapped in Mexico. I, that's what I would do. I don't know if it would do any good, but I'd be inclined to try and do that. I mean, you're keeping a great sense of humour about this, but it's getting worrying. You've got your family who need you back home, child on the way. You need to get home quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you know, I do it a day at a time now. That's all I really do is a day at a time. And I do monitor everything really closely. And I do have friends in Canada that are giving me all kinds of ins and outs of what's going on at the airports. Yeah. And so I'm on top of it that way. Um, I have another friend that's stuck in Costa Rica, but uh, she isn't worried about getting back right now because she's got a, um, a residency there, a temporary residency. So that makes a difference. But I don't qualify for residency here. 
And, um, you know, but I, I, I absolutely flabbergasted at my country, absolutely flabbergasted how, how corrupt it is and how communist it is. I, I just can't believe that no. that's, that's happened. I just like, I'm in shock, you know? I'd like to but, say there's, well, I wouldn't like to say, but I'd like to say, oh yeah, I saw this coming, but look, I didn't see this coming. Well, Alice in Toronto is trying to get on the line, Pat. Okay. Let's, well, no, 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 you stay. Pat, stay where you are. Don't go anywhere for a moment. Oh, um, okay. I, I'm going to try and get Alice on because I think she might have some advice for you. Uh, she sent me oh. an email. Let's see, can I get Alice on and if we can, uh, if we can bring her in. I'm, I'm hoping we can. Let's see if I can do that without, without messing up here. But um, Pat's in Mexico at the moment. We've been listening to Pat and she's a bit stuck, to put it mildly. To, to return home to Canada, she would have to go through, well, it, a, a, an absolute nightmare of testing and quarantining at great expense to herself, which is outrageous. There isn't anything wrong with Pat. I'm not a doctor, but I can see her on the video. She looks lovely. She looks healthy. She sounds healthy. And, and this is a nightmare. Um, I'm trying to see, can I bring Alice in? I'm terrible, Pat, when it comes to the, uh, to the technical uh, side of things there. But she asked, um, she's basically saying that you might check in with somebody called Susan Standfield on Facebook. A woman called Susan Standfield, that's S-T-A-N-D Field, on, on Facebook. Or somebody called Chris Sky, because they're working with people who have been locked out of Canada. And uh, those people might be worth checking out, uh, uh, Pat. Let me see if I, can, if I can bring you both in. Stay on the line just for a moment. I see, can I do that? And... Uh, I might have accidentally knocked off Pat now by, by, by mistake. Let me see, let me see, let me see. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to be very clever here. I'm going to be very clever. And I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring them in and we're going to have a chat if I can do that. Because this is fascinating. We had Alice on the line there in Mexico and I'm trying to bring in... Uh, it's, it's funny, isn't it? I've, I've got this system... It's, it's a genuine phone system. It's Skype as well. It's connected to Zoom and, and other programs. And ordinarily, it works an absolute treat. But today, for some reason, it's not happening for me. So I, I might be able to get Alice on. But uh, in, in the meantime, it might mean that I might not be able to speak with Pat. Again, you're going to have to bear with me because I, I don't have an engineer here. It's about it's a, just one of those things. I don't have an engineer. We do have Alice on. Oh. Hi, Alice, Richie. how are you doing? Finally. Finally. I am going to try and bring in Pat too, if I can. Okay. Um, let's see, can we bring in Pat too? Can I bring both of you? Yeah, it won't let me do oh. it now. We're back to Pat oh, now. It's... Pat, we're back to you. Do you, know, do you know what we'll do, Pat? I'm going to say goodbye to you for the moment. I know, Thank you. I know you were listening. Have a listen. I'll get Alice on and we'll see what Alice has to say. She's oh. got an answer. Pat, it was lovely okay. to meet you. If I don't speak to you again today, the very best of luck, right? I'm sending you Thank four you. four leaf shamrocks. I'm sending shamrocks, <laughs> spiritual shamrocks <laughs> your you. way that you get home. And God bless you, Pat. Lovely to speak to you. Uh, that was uh, the lovely Pat there who was in Mexico. God love her. And she's struggling. Alice, you're back. Oh, hi. I should have been able to merge the calls and we should have spoken, but nothing is working today. Lovely okay. to speak to you again. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So um, just uh, maybe Pat already knows, but if she lands in the US and then crosses the border she just has to take a PCR test and then has to con quarantine at home without the hotel now are you sure about that because Pat is positive, adamant she's positive. got to but she, somebody's no, telling positive. her different 
No, no. If she, if she flies into Toronto, yes, she has to go in quarantine if she's not vaccinated at the hotel. But if she crosses the border, she doesn't. If she crosses by driving, like if she comes, if she lands in Buffalo, say, and then drives across the border somehow, she doesn't have to quarantine. My kids just did that. My daughter and son-in-law came up from the States. She's not vaccinated. He's vaccinated. She had to quarantine, but at home, right? So Pat at home. Be home. So the way yeah. around it then is not to fly directly into Canada, because if you do exactly. that, you're going to get yeah. sent to a hotel, and it's in the yeah. hotel that you're going to have to spend, she said, a couple of thousand bucks, which is scandalous. Yeah, until the PCR test comes back uh, negative. Well, that's so great. That, that might be yeah, great news for Pat, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she knows that already. But anyway, I wanted to talk to you about children because uh, and vaccinations. And it, it suddenly occurred to me yesterday, maybe I'm slow, but if children are exposed to the vac- um, to the virus, they'll have immunity for their whole life. Yeah. So why are we vaccinating 12 year They're vaccinating 12 year olds here in Canada. Well, the question is, and I don't I don't know if people want to ask this. And by people, I mean, people who believe the government. Do they have the courage to ask themselves, why are they so desperate to inject a group of people who do not need it? And if you accept that, Alice, the next question is, what's in the bloody thing that they're so keen to give it to everybody? I don't know. And I, and I don't want I don't like going there because, as you could tell from my email, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of a chicken and I'm a bit, you know, I, you're not a chicken I at believe- all. I understood your email. There's nothing chicken yeah, about I, it. I don't believe I don't believe that there isn't a virus and I you know and I am you know a senior so even though I'm vegan and all that you know I don't really want to get this virus and get you know I know I have a couple of friends that it wasn't pleasant they survived but it yeah. wasn't pleasant but by the same token I I really don't want to go into those places where you have to start thinking about what's behind this and do they really want to kill I us know, and I know what you do mean, they yeah. really want to magnetize us and and then make us like control us I I you know, Mike, <laughs> I don't want to go there, but but I don't know what other logical conclusion there is to all this. Because yeah. because if we know that there's something wrong with the vaccine, I'm not that smart. I, you know, I don't you know. These way smarter people than me also know that there's problems with the vaccine. I'm with you. Right? I don't know. Right? I, like, I, I have my suspicions and I, and I might sometimes in the news rundown, I might say that this is what I think, but I'm very careful. <laughs> Mm-hmm. to acknowledge that I don't know that it's just my guess and I like you I don't necessarily believe that there's no such thing as covid I don't necessarily believe that I I'm I'm quite happy to believe that there was a nasty virus I think I had it last year and it certainly yeah. wasn't pleasant for me but 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 it's getting very serious now in terms of being denied access to places. I thought your email was very well written. I, I thought it's very thought provoking. There are a lot of people in, in your boat that might say, okay, I don't want the vaccine or the jab, but I might, you know, I might consent to a test if it means I can travel well, to see somebody. Well, it seems like the media has divided uh, the population into two groups. The people who believe there's a virus and who are all for getting vaccinated. And then those horrible people that don't want to be vaccinated because they think it's a hoax and they don't want to wear a mask and they, yeah. do, you know, all that stuff. I'm not really in that group. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I'm in that, that, um, I don't know what you would call it, that alternative right Trump um, gun toting, you know, you know that, I don't even yeah. know what to call it. Well, I'm not in that group. You take a kind I of a moderate like, look. You, you take a more moderate approach then, which what's yeah, wrong with I that? Mean, 
Yeah, exactly. There's a third, there's a third group. And I think, I mean, I'm like, just because I'm not vaccinated doesn't mean I'm running around breathing on people like with, with the virus. Do you, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm cautious. And there's, and there's a whole bunch of us like this, but the media is portraying like the unvaccinated as if they're the cause of the virus. And, you know, we're just, it's just hard to, and I have a friend, I have friends whose children don't allow them to see their grandchildren because they're not vaccinated. Dividing families. Yeah. 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 It's so weird. It's very weird. And it's become political. And um, anyway, it's frightening. The the vaccine aspect of it, the big pharma aspect, the control aspect of it is, is what is I find frightening. And I have grandchildren, you know, they're young, they're seven and under, and I'm scared to death. You know, leave them alone, leave the children alone, let them get the, let them, be exposed to the virus, let them create, you know, like the measles, let them have their own immunity forever. But it's like they want it. It's like the vaccine. It's like the big pharma is in such a frenzy to get everybody vaccinated because they know it's not going to work. I, 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 that's what I, that's my strongest feeling. So they just have a limited amount of time until the truth will come out. And then if the, if the vaccines cause complications in a large number of people, which some of the guests who have mm-hmm. appeared with me, they believe that. Ultimately, they'll probably blame variants for those sicknesses and then they'll produce new jabs and yeah. the jabs will never yeah. end. That's what I feel, yeah. Well, they're already talking about, I saw something on YouTube, they're already talking about pills, like antiviral pills. Well, that, I don't know, that, you know, Pfizer and Moderna and the big companies are coming up with those, but not until after they finished vaccinating everybody. What do you think of the the treatments that were mentioned quite a bit in in North America, the hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin that that some well, people believe are very good against viruses? Well, I, I mean, I'm not into medic pharmacy, you know, I'm not into medicine and drugs, so I can't, I don't really have an opinion. But yeah, if if you're going to take ivermectin and and at, at the early stage, and then your vir- your your illness goes away in three or four days, you have immunity. And you you haven't developed some more serious symptoms. Why aren't they being promoted? It's basically, you have if you have symptoms, you stay home until you're really really sick. By the time you can't breathe, then you go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> and you know when you're on your deathbed, you know that's crazy. So there's not no intermediate uh, remedy. Maybe there is now. I'm not sh- I'm not so sure what's actually happening. But you know there's all kinds of alternative remedies as well, like that you could take. You know forms of vitamins and forms of diet. No one's talking about you know, changing people's diets and improving your immune system, getting out into the sunshine. You think that they would, you know, when I get into my car, which is the only time I listen to the radio, regular radio, all I hear about is where you can get vaccinated, how many people have gotten vaccinated, where the pop-up vaccination stations are all the time. Like the big pharma or the government is spending so much money on that. You never hear, hey, get outside, you know, uh, don't eat junk, lose weight, you know, get your blood pressure down. Get you some, know, if yeah. they were talking about that as much as they're talking about get the vaccine, I think we'd be a lot better off and it'd be much better for, for the population. So I don't know. It's like... Can't follow that, Alice. Before, um, before I move on, remind, yeah. remind Pat what to do again. Don't fly direct into Canada. Go to the US yeah, first. If she, if she can possibly get to the border... I, I can't remember what part of Canada she's from, but she'd get to a border city. Like if you're from Toronto, you, you fly into Buffalo and then have somebody pick you up. And basically you have to just uh, take a PCR test and then quarantine at home. 
and drive, it's, it's drive better across. better to quarantine at home than to be stuck in a hotel. Oh, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alice, Anyways. you're an absolute star for that. Your email was excellent. I, I reckon you're in the majority. You know, there, <laughs> there, there are polar, this is polarised, of course, but I reckon mm. you're in the majority. And uh, I don't say that, to, you know, to make you feel better. I believe you are in the majority. Well, but I think that that's, but that, that's a reasonable position. I mean, I, yeah. I'm with you, like, you know, really, in, in a perfect world. Yeah, screw everything. I'm not participating. But, you know, to some degree, you have to, you have to go to the grocery store. And you have to, you know, sometimes visit somebody in a nursing home, you know, but it's better than getting a vaccine, wearing a mask and maybe taking a whatever those little not it's not even PCR tests that they make you take. So, yeah, the, the lateral but flow the, ones. Yeah, yeah. But, but this group, this group that I'm in is not acknowledged, you know, we're just lumped together with the so, you know, the weirdos or the extremists or, you know. And I anyway. think I think that's Anyways, deliberate too. Thank you too. for taking my call. Anytime, Alice. Lovely to speak to you again. It's ages since we we did uh, chat. Thanks for 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 that information yeah, for Pat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, okay. And Take bye care. for now. Love your show. Thanks, Alice. You're an absolute lady. Thank you for that. Well, I hope that's good news for Pat now. I reckon it might be good news for Pat that news that that, that Alice has given us is that if Pat doesn't fly directly into Canada, she won't be compelled to stay in a in a hotel. And charged for the privilege of it, by the way, which is horrifying, that if she does it the other way, she'll basically have to quarantine, but from home. And uh, Pat might come back to me. If you are still listening, Pat, send me a little text there if that makes any sense to you, you know. Uh, Joan uh, is telling me that it's true about driving over the border from the US, Richie. I have a friend who did it. It does work, says Joan. Joan, thank you. Really appreciate that. Chat with Richie is the Skype handle. You can telephone the programme 0161818018. Really moved by Antonio's call earlier on. I really am. Antonio, who's been with his uh, wife for uh, the best part of three decades. I think he told us that they have a 24-year-old daughter. He loves the bones of her, he told us. But she came under pressure, pressure not from her employer, but from her colleagues to get the jab because she was basically on her lonesome. She was on her own. She was isolated, having not taken the jab. I don't mean that she was physically isolated, but that she felt isolated, having not taken the jab. All the best to Antonio there. Really interesting calls uh, today. Jody as well at the top of the programme. Very interesting calls. We're going to the mobile now. A mobile number in the UK. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Richie, it's uh, the rude boy Marcus spoke to about oh, about five, six months ago about the state of the situation in nightclubs. Welcome back, mate. How are you? Well, <laughs> I'm looks like I'm out of a job, mate. After 35 years of DJing, my career's going to be fucked. Sorry. But, no, yeah. I don't mind. Don't worry about that. But yes, because if, if we are to believe the rotund, scarecrow-esque uh, Prime Minister, yeah. from the end of September, nobody will be getting into... A nightclub on Leicester Vax. I've got a call from a friend of they're mine. They're doing in it London. now. They're doing it now. Already in London. They're already asking for passports and bits and bobs and proof, and they're already now in London. Bastards. And tell me this have you heard anything about GAY Nightclub? Apparently, they're looking at having the jabs on the premises, Marcus. Uh, well, I know Jeremy. Um, um, I used to DJ uh, at Heaven years and years back in the day. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, but I don't think the uptake will be there. I mean, you don't really want people falling over with the chat no, going on. That's no, no. Like, sounds like a recipe for disaster. A- adverse reactions, imagine, in the nightclub. 
don't, don't blame the drink and the drugs. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine a doorman using the door, using somebody's head to open a door because he thinks they're <laughs> pissed when in fact they've had a negative reaction to a, to a jab? That would be fun, wouldn't it? Jesus, yeah, that be, uh, well, uh, God, God, that sounds like a really bad idea um, to do that. I mean, you, um, I've just read your article on, on the website about Reese Mogg, and he sort of pointed out that it, it, these young people, well, you know, they, they won't mind. Of course they bloody mind. They don't need it. And, you know, and once, once, I mean, they talk about nightclubs, but in nightclubs we have bands as well play. You know, a lot of nightclubs have bands. There, I'm listening. I'm gripped. Yeah, you're telling me about the nightclubs and bands. So obviously, this is more. This is more of the same. More people that are going to be out of work, presumably. Lots more people. Yeah, of course. Then you've got the taxi drivers, the, the kebab shops. You know, people going to visit cities to go and see, say, London or Bath, where I am, to go and see the nightlife or Brighton. They're all going to be losing out on so much. And Reese Morks just sits there and goes, "Oh, don't worry about it." Yeah, There's fucking thousands of jobs. Thousands you know of I mean? jobs. And if they're right today, if the YouGov poll is right, and basically pretty much every company is going to move to a three days from home, two days from the office, well, it's good night, Irene, to the high street then, Marcus. Gone. Well, yeah, I, I mean, also, while I've, like I said to you months ago, um, while I'm being DJ and I had a cleaning job, and ooh, about a month ago, I got a letter through the door saying, I've got to have the jab, otherwise it won't, uh, it will affect their um, health and safety insurance. <laughs> so I've lost that job as well. What about veganism? I asked the question earlier on to Jody. <laughs> your plan, that does. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. I wonder if you'd yeah. have to prove it, though. Well, I mean, eventually you might have to prove it. But then they don't want us eating meat anyway. In, well, in the near future, they want, that, they want that off the agenda anyway, um, because of, of the global warming, uh, as we all know it. Um, methane, terrible thing. The nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> and carbon, awful stuff. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it's it's just getting beyond. But someone, I don't know, someone's going to. I heard that some nightclub industries are going to take up a legal challenge. Just to say, no, this is, uh, you know, it's not possible. I mean, how are they going to enforce this? It'll be obviously with smartphones. Well, everyone's going to have to get a smartphone reader yeah. at their premises. You know, this is more money, which they haven't got. And then you'll have to have extra security um, just to do that. And then obviously you've got Mr. J- Mr. Jabman now moving in with the job. <laughs> yeah. God. Great friend of mine, Jean Ann, I often mention Jean Ann, was, was speaking to me on the phone this morning. And she said, Richie, it's because Ireland went to the jabbed only in yeah. the in inside pubs and restaurants from last Monday. So yeah. so over the weekend, Jean Ann took her sister to the local tavern in Connemara, yeah. where Jean Ann is very well known and very well liked, and yeah. she likes the people who run the tavern. But she had to sit outside. You're kidding me. Yes, because like, because she's not jabbed. In the middle of nowhere, they're, they're still pulling people up over there. They are. Yes, they're they're going with the government. They're scared that if they don't, and if they are reported, they're scared they'll lose their licence. So, well, they're going to lose their pubs because people are just going to get a takeaway and the beers again and then just stay at home again. Which is what <laughs> the agenda wants. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it is, yeah. Of course yeah, it does. It doesn't want us congregating. It doesn't want us meeting one another. And, yeah. you know, you know, communicating that way and, you know, all that <laughs> vibrant energy that we get when we're together. Sorry, uh, 
Richie, why do you think they want to do that to us, to the human population? I, 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 well, I've heard it said that it's basically to destroy what it is to be human, to destroy yeah. our humanity. We love meeting one another. It doesn't have to be in a pub. We love yeah. spending time out and about with our fellow man and woman. We, we, we love, I mean, I was, I was in the Lake District in April. For, for, yeah. for four days with, with our tiny family. And the, the best part of that was sitting outside in, in Windermere, sitting outside and speaking to people that you'd never met before in your life. Having, yeah. a, having a little bit of Sunday lunch in a pub up in the hills away from Windermere yeah. and chatting with the family and their children. It's what, people, it's what gives us energy. Yeah, people have missed that so much. I even make the point when I'm sat at a bus stop waiting for a bus, I just turn around to the person and say, hey, getting on with it all, you know what I mean? You know, and I'll just turn around and say, it's a nightmare. It's just, you know. And then, and then some up, it still goes past with a bloody mask on, even though yeah. you don't have to dwell <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. It's and heartbreaking, it's like, isn't it? It's heartbreaking to see them in their cars, to see them cycling past you when I'm out and about in the day. In the park, I've seen them. You know, that's something we associated years ago, Marcus, with people yeah. in, in the Far East. We would have associated seeing news clips of people in Hong Kong and elsewhere walking around yeah. with masks, and we thought it was strange. But at the same time, we thought, well, we know they've got issues with pollution there, air quality. To see people yeah. out and about in the very early hours of the morning, and by early hours, I mean six o'clock, I don't mean late at night, to see them in a park with a mask, it's astounding to me. I don't know what yeah. to say. Well, the, people have been brainwashed so much with the fear, I think, Richie, and they've ex- accepted this whole agenda yeah. uh, because they don't, they don't want to go, get, you know, they've had their jab and then they sneer at us because we're not having the jab yeah. and it's all our fault. Well, I think look at them and say, they've done something worse to you. They're completely mind, you know, you know you've been mind-controlled yeah. and they're filling the body out with a load of shit and you think I'm the nutter. <laughs> Oh, keep your sense of humour, Marcus. Listen, mate, I, yeah. I, I, you obviously love what you do and it's important. I don't know what to say to you because I reckon it probably is, in the short term anyway, it probably is over for somebody like yeah. you who will not have the job. I reckon in terms of DJing, I reckon you, you've got to give it a, a miss for a while, which is terrible because well, I used to love doing it. I've been months now, so I've yeah. just been concentrating on doing my little radio show and just doing my mixes. I've been, what I've been doing every week, which, which is... Um, Something which has been good for me is that every week I make a new mix and put it up online. New mix, but you know, so I haven't gone mental. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just, to, just for my own sanity and also to cheer people up. As Do you well. want to give us a link, Marcus? Yeah, um, I'm on Mixcloud, um, and it's just Rude Boy Marcus on Mixcloud. Yeah, look and for Rude Boy Marcus my... on Mixcloud. Rude Boy yeah. Marcus on Mixcloud. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, listen, I'm going to let you get on because I've been on before and I'm sure it's a great... Um, yeah, I'm very sorry about the guy in Portugal. That was awful. Dreadful. Um, very sad story. So send my love out, out to everybody who's been on so far. Great, interesting show. And as always, you're a star, mate. All right? Not at all. Thanks, Marcus. Lovely to speak to you again. Cheers, mate. I don't mind people coming back on, um, but, but not every other week. That's the thing. So I do... I, we, we like to mix the calls up. So I always ask people, if you called in the last couple of weeks... Don't uh, call today. Pat's been back on. I will read Pat's message soon enough. If you give me some time, I'll do that. It's 25 minutes to the top of the hour. It's the Richie Allen Radio Show, live from Salford, here in the northwest of the UK. It is the 2nd of August, 2021. Joan is next. I'm hoping to connect with Joan. 
And when when I do that, we will. We'll get Joan on in a moment. Uh, do keep uh, the calls coming in. It's chat with Richie, all one word, chat with Richie. It's 0161818 That's 0161818 That's the way to reach me. I am obviously going away on holiday next week and the week after. But as you well know... Uh, I will be doing more of these, and I was doing more of these in recent weeks. We didn't manage to do it last week because of a technical problem, but I'm going to do more and more of these phone-ins. I think it's Joan. It is Joan. Joan, welcome. How are you? Hello. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Lovely to see you, by the way. It's radio, but I can see you on the camera there. You've got the good side out. Yeah, you can't see me because I've got no camera attached to my thingamajig here. Um, you, You also believe that it might be possible for Pat. But hang on now, Joan, before you take over. I've had a message from Pat, and Pat seems to think the loophole that Alice was discussing might very well have been closed. Let me read out her message. She says, Richie, I'm in Calgary, Alberta. The logistics to get back through British Columbia back home are expensive and take a long time. And that loophole for people flying into the US has been closed. This is a money grab, she says, by the government. It's different rules all the time, she says. So she might be stuck. And that's stuck. true, I think. The rules do change. But a friend of mine came back from the States and she went through Buffalo. So obviously this lady's in BC, I'm gathering. Yeah. And I don't know the rules for there, but I do know if she came through Buffalo... Up to a couple of weeks ago, this is, so I don't know. But um, she drove over the border and there was no problem at all. This is but, tyranny, you know, isn't it, John? Because the rules change so much, you don't want to tell people to do that in case they get there and then they're stuck, right? Yeah. We talked about... But, but, yeah. Sorry? No, no, you go ahead. No, no, it's important, this. I was going to say, like, this guy called Chris Skye, he's from Toronto, and he's one of the, you know, the major speakers at all the rallies... And he has a hashtag, just say no. And he's traveled all over Canada uh, giving speeches. He's very well known now. And if, and if that, is it Pat? If she wants to go on uh, to, to Chris, his website is realchrissky.com. And he's also on Twitter. So, uh, and he gave out his phone number. I don't have it. I wish I did. He always gives out his phone number for people who are stuck. So if she can find it, uh, or if I, I could try and find it and email it to you, she could call him and he's willing to help anybody from anywhere. What, what I can do is just very, very quickly, and it'll only be you and Pat, I can share your Skype thing with Pat, if that was okay. okay. So then you'd be connected on Skype and you could send her a message that way because it must be incredibly stressful, Joan. I can't imagine that. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, my son, one of my kids lives in the States and they just have twins in May and he begged me to go and help and I can't go because I'm I'm scared I won't be able to get back home. Yeah, just for anybody who, ages ago, Joan came on the programme. Joan is in Canada. Uh, right yeah. now and uh, we talked about that and how you ended up there we had a great chat about that and mm-hmm. so you so 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 you just can't go and see your your grandchildren because of the nightmare that would ensue with you going back that's right and it could be and people have said to me oh it's fine you just do this that and the other and you can get over the border but you know if i went i would go for maybe a couple of months and in that couple of months everything could change and mm. i might not be able to get back home 
without the vaccine then? You know, it, it's so hard. It's heartbreaking. I have what my other son is in Calgary, Alberta, and he's vaxxed and he's not talking to me and he won't let me see my grandchildren yeah, until either herd immunity kicks in that he thinks is going to happen or I'm vaxxed or whatever. Like he won't. He won't let me visit. He won't come near me. So what is it, it, what it's it, ironic. I've got one child begging me to go, and the other child, and the other child, like, don't come near us. Stay away. <laughs> one is saying come, and the other one is saying staying. Stay away. What did you think of what Alice said? I thought it was really interesting. She said there's a third way, or there's another group. Everybody seems to be like the media wants to portray people as either being lunatic anti-vaxxers or. Or, or good citizens. You're either a good citizen or you're a lunatic anti-vaxxer. And Alice said, no, there is another way. There are people who don't want to be coerced into taking the vaccine, but we are not denying that COVID exists. We just don't believe the vaccine is necessary. I thought you made some bloody good points there. Oh, for sure. Like, I am, I'm not an anti-vaxxer either, but like my kids were va- have had all the vaccines when they grew up. However, knowing now... If I knew then what I know now, they wouldn't have had any. And um, yes, and I'm considered a conspiracy theorist. Most of my friends don't speak to me anymore. And But the, the good thing about all this is I've met a wonderful community near where I live and we get together all the time and we're just now prepping because the next thing to hit, they say, is like food shortages and if the grid goes down. So... Um, Are you stockpiling, Joan? Are you stockpiling? Sorry? Are you stockpiling at the moment? Are you doing that? I'm not. Yes, I am, if you want to call it that. But um, they say you should have a year's supply of food. I'm in with this group and we're all like getting water from a stream. We're buying canned food that will last. We're we're trying to get ham radios and walkie-talkies. And, you know, and I'm not panicking, but I want to be prepared because they do say the grid will go down like soonish, I think. I mean, who knows? I don't know, but that's what they say, right? So I'm I'm just getting prepared. You're not going to be caught short, Joan, basically. Well, yes. I mean, as long as I can, I've got water and some food until... You know, until things get right or whether they don't, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, I'm a vegan too, so. (laughs) How difficult is it to stockpile vegan products? Is it difficult? No, because I just, um, I got rice, I got canned beans, and I've started to do sprouting, seed sprouting. You know, where you put them in water and then you drain them and they grow within like four days. It's amazing. Brilliant, you just buy the seeds at the store and then you can sprout them and they sprout and then you can eat them. They're full of protein and yeah, it's amazing what you can do. And I've got, uh, and every time I go to the store, I just buy a gallon jug. No, not a gallon, a four litre jug of water just to have some in case, you know. Do you know a part of me would be tempted still because of my... You know, you take the boy out of mainstream media, but there's still a little part of me. A part of me is is because you're so level-headed and sound and balanced in the way you're speaking, a part of me would be like wanting to say, 
are you not being a little bit paranoid? That's what I would want to say to you, I suppose, if I was still working in commercial radio. But I don't think you are being paranoid. I think you're hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst, basically. Exactly. And in our group, we have a guy that was in the military. And and he said, and and I'm not panicking. I'm not. I just want to err on the side of caution. I don't have a year's supply of food. I've just got extra. But this guy said, he said, you know, you think people and your neighbors are good. He said, but five to seven days in after, you know, like the shit hits the fan, people have run out of food because they're not prepared or they've got no water and they'll come for you. Like they'll come and take what you've got. So it's it's scary on one hand listening to this guy, but it's on the other hand, I don't want to be, and I live alone, and, and but all the community I'm in, they're like, don't worry, if something happens, we'll come and get you. So I feel better in that respect. Yes. But I, I just want to be prepared somewhat in case I haven't got water or nothing to eat. Like, you know, because the shit is going to hit the fan, I think, at some point, right? Yeah. Again, I'd love to say... I don't think it'll get that bad, Joan, but I would be lying because I don't know. And right. I'm, I'm seeing extraordinary things happen that even even though I, I spoke for years to Jim Mars, for years to people like David, and they were lucid and they were intelligent and they weren't screaming hellfire and brimstone. They were very calmly saying, this is the future world they want to create. Now, much of that stuff is coming to pass. So I cannot say, I ah, know I don't think it'll get that bad, Joan, because I don't know. And I think right. you're I think you're erring on the side of caution. I, I, I don't I don't see why not. But, Do you uh, remember the, the guy the Ice Age farmer? I think you interviewed him last year, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yeah, it was a very interesting yes, conversation. Well, if if you read what he's saying, like because in the States, um the the government are paying the farmers to bury the crops. So, and and there was a big fire in BC. I mean, it's a long story. I don't know if you heard of it, but they say it's it's to stop the uh, the trucks going from one side of Canada to the other. And in the states, they're being told to bury the crops, and they're being paid to do so. So, you know, I, I, who knows? Who right? knows what's but at some point, and and hope, and I don't want it to come to that either. It's scary, but. I just don't want to be stuck here alone with nothing, right? With no food and no water. Well, so thank God you've got that's a, a all nice. I've done. And I've got my wine. So you've got your wine. <laughs> thank God for that. That reminds me. That reminds me of 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 um, the the uh, the imp in the Game of Thrones. I love that character in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Played by Peter Dinklage, the dwarf. I oh, love him. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as he has wine, he doesn't give a damn. There's dragons <laughs> killing people. There's all sorts of stuff going on. But as long as he's got his wine. <laughs> Joan, I'm going to take a call from Marbella. Uh, great to chat with you again. It's been ages. Thanks for the advice and you're for welcome. being candid and about what you're doing there. Right. And again, I love your show. I love what you're doing. And uh, it's sad you're going on holiday, you know, because I don't know what we're all going to do. But if I didn't, Joan, I'd end up <laughs> throwing myself off a bridge uh, I really would it's it's time it's been nearly four months now it's time to get away for a couple of weeks but... we'll, we'll allow it and, and have an awesome time and I look forward to hearing you when you get back and great to speak to you my pleasure Joan lovely to see All you right. you're looking Lots great you too bye for now that's lovely Joan who's a Yorkshire lass living in Canada great story that but um, told it some, some time ago 
I'm going to say hi to Larry. Larry is an old friend of mine, somebody I was very lucky to know during my time on the Costa del Sol. A real gentleman, a radio DJ and a DJ. He's never spoken to me on, on any of my programmes, I don't think. Well, not here anyway. Larry, can I can hear you loud and clear. How are Fantastic, you? My friend. Very, very good. That's an honour. It's been ages since we chatted. Uh, yeah, I've always have this thing where I can never get the connection right. Blah, blah, blah. Changing different items of uh, equipment, blah, 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 and whatever. So, to the point. What's it like there? Years, years ago, when you were broadcasting here in Spain, I remember listening to the radio station you were working on, and you had a guy, there's a guy came on and said, there's going to be a shift in the paradigm, and when the grandson of the Queen... Grandson of the Queen is going to become the king of the planet, or words of that effect. Yeah. And I didn't know who it was. I contacted the boss of that station just recently, and I said, there's this guy came on, he said this, this, he said the Knights Templar. And this was about five or six, seven years ago. And then all of a sudden, all the things that he was talking about all, came, all starting to slot into play. And then, you know, like what you do when you start to just be rap, get, getting straight at you. But, and then all those things that start materialising, you think, yeah. oh, hang on, that's odd. Oh, that's odd. In my social media, all of a sudden, TED Talks 2015. TED Talks 2015, Bill Gates. The biggest threat coming is going to be the vaccine. And I'm thinking to myself, why did that come up? Yeah. That was like two years ago. Viruses, what right? He was up? saying he was saying pandemics. Pandemics are the big threat of the future. That's what when he was saying. Yeah. Was, but you need to have a vaccine. Yes. And then all of a sudden, in like two, a year and a half, two years ago, year and a half ago, it all started to like come into play. Now We've already been told about all of this. Can I say this to you now? Because I my memories of you are that when I would have met you you would have taken with a large pinch of salt, like I think most people should. Totally. Like, like you would have heard some of the stuff on my radio programme. There, there was a guy who did the radio programme before me and he spoke to a lot of, uh, you know, conspiracy researchers as well. And I think you would be, you're a very bright guy, so you'd listen, but you'd take it with a pinch of salt. And now I think you're looking back at it and thinking some of these people, at least some of them, were onto something. No, are or not were, are. Are onto something, yeah. That's really magnanimous of you, Larry. Uh, but it's just like, okay, so that's like really, really weird. And then, uh, is it Dean Henderson? Dean, yeah, Dean, yeah. I think it is Dean. I think it was Dean that I heard. And all the things that, because I just caught him, I don't know, three months ago, because he hasn't been on recently with you. No, because I've been listening, I'm a silent listener. And like I said, I've just finally got my connections right so I can actually talk to you. Hi, Caroline. Hope you everything's good and all the rest of it. Um, so finally, I kind of like, oh, Dean Henderson. Now, Dean Henderson is the person that I remember closest relating to the thing I heard five years ago when you were still here in Spain. Yeah, you'd be right. Yeah, um, especially when it concerns the royal family. Definitely Dean, yeah. Absolutely. And all, and all, all that all of that the most evil family on the planet can nobody see that tell me this larry the the woman the woman the queen elizabeth at the tender age she was in the 
position that she was in. And now everything is family business. So-and-so had to go. It's family business. Okay, Ginger, don't worry. We'll allow it. It's family business. But don't overstep it. Otherwise, you know, you're going to end up like your mum. And all of this stuff. You can't, you couldn't, you couldn't make it up, could you? No, you'll remember probably. I used to speak to a guy called Noel Botham. Noel is dead now. But Noel was a war correspondent for The Telegraph for years. He was a great journalist and a very respected journalist. And he wrote a book about the murder of Princess Diana. And it was forensic. It was brilliant, Larry. And I spoke to him years ago, many times. And he basically laid the blame for the murder right at the feet of MI6 in the UK. Uh, The French French, uh, Secret Service or... Or, or intelligence groups, and um, he ultimately believed that the royal family had some part to play in it. And this oh, is a great guy, yeah, absolutely. Had, had some part. <laughs> I'm being generous, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being, yeah, but yes, but of course he would have been careful at the time, that's right, yeah. Tell me this, I've got to ask you this. Dude. From what I could, could understand, or what, what I was reading in, in the last few months, it seems to be really draconian in Spain, is it, at the moment? I would say no. Um, you got to go into shops with your mask on because they will scowl at you and people will go, hey, mascarilla, mascarilla. Right, okay. And so just to keep them kind of like, uh, I don't know, happy, you kind of conform a little bit. But any opportunity that you have, and most people will not uh, follow the, 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 the guy, the, the, the draconian thing. It's not, it's open. The, re- the bars are open till two in the morning, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Nightclubs definitely until two. They can't go till seven. Now there's a curfew just reinstalled this weekend from two to seven. But I was out on in Marbella until five o'clock. Um, there's no one policing it as such. Loads of cars on the road going home wherever they were going to Good. at four thirty, five o'clock. Now tell me this, Larry. Has anybody mentioned COVID passes or vaccine passports there? Has there been any discussion uh, of that? It's coming. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. Sure it's coming because, again, you know, I think Spain has a kind of thing where they like to obey shit. Yeah. They like to be told what to do. And um, uh, Sanchez is, I think he's also knee-deep in this Maya, like, um, um, what's his name, Boris. Like Johnson, yeah. And other people and... and um, uh, Trudeau and all them lot. Is that what you think? You think the reason I, they go along with yes. it is because they're compromised somehow, these people? Yes, indeed. Yes, yeah. indeed. You talk a lot of sense on your show, mate. And like I said, I don't get to listen. I, de- I listen all the time, but I don't get to actually interact. And I just like, I'm sort of banging the telly. Bang, sorry, banging the table. If it was the telly, I'd be throwing <laughs> shit the telly. That is so right. That is so right. I do scream at the radio at times as well. I genuinely missed you, Larry, when we moved out of Spain back to when we moved to London to work. That's the truth. I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. And uh, and 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 Lisa, tell me about Lisa. Well, uh, we're kind of uh, living separate lives now. Well, I, I took a big chance in asking that because it's been so long. But it's, yeah, it's, I know, no, you, I know, no. you wouldn't be offended by me asking. Yeah, no, at all, not lovely at all. lady. She's fifty. I'm in my six. I'm sixty-six and a half. Are you so, really? So she's Jesus. like coming into that mid 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 midlife crisis where she needs to change her life, and I'm not in it. So that's fair enough. 
because yeah. I've had the greatest 15 years in Spain because of her. So I can't deny her. That's lovely, that. that. That's lovely. Enjoyment. You were made for Spain. You were made for the Costa del Sol. Some people are just made for it. You were made for it. Because you're sound. You're great to be around. You've got so many skills. It was just ideal for you. And you'll never leave it, Larry, will you? You're there. Yeah. For, yeah. No, not, leaving, not leaving. Not leaving. Great DJ. I'll try. I try. Absolutely you know, top DJ. Hey, can I ask you a quick question? It's got to be really quick, though, because I'm just running yeah. out of time. Um, I'm I, I, I'm mentioning that Larry is black only because um, we don't get very many black people on the program, and I get some stick for for taking you know the position I take on on racism, and uh, I, I you know for saying that I don't believe that society is fundamentally racist. There are racist people, obviously, around. Obviously, there are. That it'd be foolish not to say that. But I always prefer to think the glass is half full. But but I'm a big baldy white Irish guy. Give me a quick answer on that. How do you feel about that? I mean, you're in Spain. Racism is it a thing? Is it something you would experience, Larry? Uh, racism isn't a thing I've experienced, but I know it's there. Um, I have been called a lucky lucky man. Oh look, the lucky lucky man's DJing. Right. By a bunch of guys. It's like, uh, guys, sort it out. I understand exactly what you just said. And you're completely Behave. wrong. You're, you're um, numpties, yeah. I experienced some real funny racism in Portugal 20 years ago. I've not experienced that here in in Spain. Um, there's more and more. There's a few more black people here living and working and whatever and getting on with stuff, which aren't selling bags and right. stuff at yeah, people's yeah. tables. Um, but racism as a whole, I can't say no. I can't say I've experienced it. But there's still a uh, people missing in the big shops, in the big in the banks. There's still uh, coloured faces, black faces, mixed race faces missing in. You don't the see big... so many, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe well, no, a couple a couple of people here and there working in Chiringuitos, you know, in the beach bars. And it's like, oh, oh okay, he's he's a, he's a, oh he's waiting in here. Oh oh, she's sorting after the looking after the sunbeds. Oh oh oh, right, so he's right. changed. It's changing slowly but surely. It's funny about yeah. the, uh, the the sellers of the dodgy gear who mostly are from Africa. This is not virtue signalling. Please believe it isn't because I never virtue signal. But because Caroline had the bar, some of the brightest guys I ever met in my life were walking around with the handbags and sure. walking around with the dodgy. And I say that because not only were they fluent in about five or six different languages, but whenever they would pop into the bar late after we'd closed for a glass of water or a glass of Coke, we'd chat with them and they were worldly wise. They knew things. You know, I used to think the tourists used to look at them as, ah, these guys are a bit thick, you know, they go around with the bags. These are some of the brightest blokes I ever met. I'm just about out of time, Larry. Jesus, uh, that was great, so mate. But also remember, they risked their lives. They came over in a fucking donut. Yeah, many of them. Of that's right. That's right. And they're lucky that they actually fucking made it there to, you know, to actually sell someone a bag Absolutely. and get batted down and treated like shit. But, Amen. But I, I swear on everything that's sacred, uh, we never treated the, the, those lads badly. Never. We wouldn't have it. Caroline was wonderful with the, she loved the lads. I mean, obviously being French and speaking the language. Many of the lads from Senegal, places like that, they spoke French. Sure. No. Mate, it was a pleasure, Larry. I can't believe it. It's I'll catch you in brilliant. the next couple of next couple of sessions. That'll be brilliant, mate. C good luck to you, pal. And uh, I know you'll stay in touch because we are in touch. Thanks, yes. Larry. 
Legend. Enjoy the rest of the day. That's Larry Jazz, known as Larry Jazz, a legend on the Costa del Sol, and known by very many people there and very respected as well. To everybody who tried to get in, apologies that you didn't. We'll do another one of them when I'm back from holiday. You know that, don't you? Uh, we will. Thanks for listening. We'll speak again tomorrow at 5 o'clock on the Richie Allen Radio Show, Tuesday's programme. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Bye now. Bye now.